Broadcasting from the Hair Saloon corporate offices, it's the Suzanne Benker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Drop the junk you've been fed from the culture and join us here every week as we help you and the people you love feel secure in your beliefs about what you know is right and confident in your desire to speak your mind. Today on the show, we're going to talk with GS Youngblood about a very important subject specifically for men, how to love and lead your wives. If you're a man who desperately wants his wife or girlfriend to trust him, to stop fighting with him, to smile more and to complain less, or to look at him the way she did when you were first dating, you do not want to miss this episode. So I've spent a lot of time, as many of you know, helping women understand what it is that men want and need and how women can be better wives. I even wrote a whole book on that, which basically the title could have been How to Be a Better Wife, or even just How to Be a Wife, because that... And a lot of people ask me, like, why do you focus so much on women? And the answer to that is that, well, there's two answers. One is because, largely speaking, women are the relationship navigators, and men do tend to uh, take their cues from the woman they love. Um, But the bigger issue, of course, is that women today have not been raised to become wives and mothers. They're raised to rule the world, and it's been my argument all along that that is leaving a gaping hole in how they are going to navigate their personal lives because they just simply don't understand men the way that women used to. Nobody talks to them about it. Nobody um, tells them how to navigate a relationship with a man by understanding the differences between women and men, which, by the way, of course, was very common back in the day. So they're largely shooting blanks. That being said, just as women have the power to transform their marriages by becoming more feminine, which is essentially the argument I've made, Men, too, have the ability to transform their marriages by becoming more masculine. So there is a flip side to this issue, and I've heard from so many men who, you know, have asked me or emailed me and said, how do I get my wife to hear what you're saying? (laughs) How do I get my wife to change? How do I get her to read your book? And my stock answer is always, hey, there are things you could, first of all, you can't get anybody to do anything. So that's, and that was the focus of last week's podcast that if you want to change your relationship for the better, you need to look inward rather than wait for the other person to change. And so in light of that, I wanted to spend a whole podcast talking specifically to men about how they too um, have a role to play. And one of the reasons why men struggle so much with their masculinity today is quite simply because they grew up without a good, strong father figure. We know that between 1960 and 2016, the percent of children growing up in father-absent homes or in mother-run homes with a single mother has nearly tripled. Okay, so that's, that's just such a huge statistic. And you think about boys being raised without a model for manhood, and it's not surprising at all that they are struggling in their own relationships with women down the road because they don't know what their role is. And you add to that the cultural crap that we talk about on this program that denigrates men and has no real sympathy for what those differences are between the sexes that will then allow them to um, have a better relationship. And in addition to all the boys who grew up with single moms there's also you might have also had a different situation where your parents stayed married but perhaps your dad was never around he wasn't emotionally available maybe he was an alcoholic he worked a lot or you could have had a very domineering mother and a father who was in effect 
emasculated. So that too will also cause boys to struggle with their masculinity. So in light of that, I'm going to read an email that speaks to that. And then we're going to get into um, talking with GS about what those things are that men can do to get stronger in their masculinity so that they can have the relationship that they want. So this email is from Calvin who writes, hi, Suzanne, your blog post spoke to me because I also had a strong willed mom in the house as a kid. She was a great mom staying at home and supporting us children every way she could. But it seemed to me that she'd always get irritated if she didn't get her way. Maybe I was overly sensitive as a child, but as I grew, I learned to tailor my behavior to suit her needs because anything was better than the loss of affection I felt when she was upset about something. Now I'm so accommodating that I can't seem to make any decision outside of a vacuum. Whenever someone else is around, I instinctively defer to them. I'm the worst when I'm around my mom because she'll get annoyed if I don't make a decision, but then I'm afraid if I make the wrong decision, she'll still be annoyed. I know I need to get past this. Can you help me? So that's a perfect example of the type of man who's struggling in society today and trying to figure out how to be in a relationship and what it is that women want. So now I'm going to introduce GS Youngblood, who some of you might remember from, I think it was December, when I had him on to talk about his book, The Masculine in Relationship. And I knew when I wanted to spend a whole podcast talking about this that I wanted GS with me in here because his book speaks to this very specifically. So welcome, GS. Good morning, Suzanne. It's great to be here. I should say welcome back. (laughs) Okay, so in your book, once again, it's called The Masculine in Relationship. He has a list, essentially, of masculine qualities. You know what? I'm going to have you explain it, GS. How would you explain the list that I'm about to go through here? Well, it's... um masculinity can be hard to define. And I think for most men it is. And so sometimes you just have to say, okay, what do my eyes see? And that's what I tried to do. And really using the, the, uh, I guess the reality that you can see this from across the room and you can sit in a coffee shop and, and watch a man walk in and, and quite frankly, well, if you're a woman, you can definitely <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> but even, I mean, even a guy, if he just tunes in for a moment, you can just see how they operate. And so this was tended to be a list of, of, you know, what would my ears hear and my eyes see in a man who wasn't in his masculine power? And then the flip side, what would I see or hear from one who was? And that's the, the nature of Great. And we should preface this by saying that that this book that he wrote was born out of experience, um, his own experience with this. And he I want him to tell his story real quick, um, because there's a reason why you are so viscerally attached to this topic and why you know it so well. Yeah. 20 years ago, I got married and 10 years ago, I got divorced. And um, the the marriage ended in in a pretty rough way for me. And, uh, and, and, the, and the marriage leading or the state of the marriage leading up to that was pretty rough for both of us. And it was really the failure in that relationship that has been my motivation to uh, explore what is it to be in your masculine power? Because by the end of that relationship, I was really just dancing around trying to avoid little did I realize that that just actually made it worse. And I think that was one of the learnings. So Again, you know, failure was my fuel to uh, to write this book and yeah. to be on this journey myself for the last 10, 12 years. That's the best kind of fuel, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, well, I'm sorry. I should say, no, it's, it's, you don't want to have to have it, but if you're going, I should rephrase it. If you're going to share it with the world, having experienced what you're sharing is a big deal because obviously, you know, you want to hear from people who've been there, done that and who've gotten with the program and figured it out and then shared it with the world. I think that's the best we can do when we have a failure of some sort. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I cannot speak for women on this point, but I'll sure as heck speak for men. Is sometimes we need the catastrophe mm-hmm. to grow and to change and to wake up. We, women usually sense into these things much earlier than we do. You know, we need yeah. catastrophe, and unfortunately, that was true for me, and unfortunately, that's true for a lot of men. And so, what I would say to those men is, you know, get in front of this early. If you are, you know, if you are in a relationship that is uh, feels very rocky. Um, this masculine feminine dynamic could be at the root of things and you can change things simply by being different yourself. Absolutely. So let's get right to it. And I'm going to read from this list from your book. Um, this is, these are qualities that some men struggle with who are having difficulty really owning their masculinity and being strong with that. And Mm -hmm. And Susie, I'll just say that these are the external manifestations of course we'll we'll talk about it's really the interesting part is is what's underneath absolutely i think the list is the external manifestation that you would see with your eyes and ears excellent okay i'm just going to list a few of them and then we'll kind of go backwards from there are you single and wondering if the person you're dating is right for you are you married but feeling lonely disrespected or misunderstood Almost 100% of my coaching clients are struggling with the same dilemma. Their circumstances vary, but the underlying issue is the same. They're swimming against rather than with the biological tide. For these individuals and couples, there's a power struggle at play with their partner, and it can be difficult to remember a time when their relationship didn't feel hard. I understand this relationship dynamic. I had a front row seat to it growing up, and I didn't want it repeated in my own marriage. So I made it a priority to understand why men and women think and behave as they do and what it is they ultimately want. This understanding is crucial for any marriage or relationship to thrive. It's why the happiest couples are those who embrace male and female nature rather than fight against it. There's no reason for you to struggle so much. This is a fixable problem. If you're single and struggling in love, or if you're married but feel frustrated and alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneBenker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R, and click on the coaching button at the top. Once you sign up or send me an email, you will hear from me personally within 24 hours. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. Again, that's SuzanneBenker.com. Excellent. Okay, I'm just going to list a few of them and then we'll kind of go backwards from there. Number one, nervously fidgets or taps his hands or feet, talks too much to fill awkward silences, tries to initiate sex indirectly rather than directly, compulsively tries to please others, slouches while standing or sitting, moves and speaks rapidly, offers non sequiturs in conversation, denies that he's feeling angry or scared, is physically out of shape, unable to make a decision, afraid to speak the truth, has poor eye contact, and the granddaddy of them all gets defensive when verbally attacked. <laughs> so, ouch. Those are some hard things to hear. You know, it's, it's um, you know, I, I want to say to the men who are listening out here, you know, if that spoke to you, this is an opportunity to figure out and to be empowered about what to do about it, as opposed to, 
um, being, um, you know, feeling, I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable, let's put it that way. But the goal is to get you to be comfortable and to get you to a better place. So that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll challenge a man's self-identity to admit that he sometimes has some of these behaviors, but they're just in fact that they're behaviors, they're not identity. And you can change them when you start to work on what's underneath. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start with um, the, let's just start with where I ended with the granddaddy of them all. Why <laughs> can you explain? I'll let you do it. Cause I know I have my own assessment. Explain <laughs> to men why, cause the women listening will know the answer to this. Why is it so bad and so mm-hmm. hard for her when he is defensive? Mm-hmm. Ah, why is it so hard for her or is, why is it we do it? Um, uh, Okay, good question. I'm going to start with the latter. You yeah. you explain why men do it, and then yeah. if you want, I can explain why why I, why it's so difficult to deal with. Go ahead. Yeah, let's go. In, let's go into both sides. Yeah, because right. it's important. There's it's two to tango, right? Definitely. So there's a, there's a part for both. Um, why do men do this? Here's the narrative in a man's head, and remember, men are built. We want to quote unquote do it right. That's, we're all about winning in life. And so whether that's going to the office, whether that's going to the sports field, or whether that's keeping our woman happy or, or being, you know, having our woman just simply be happy, we want to win. So when you're upset at us, we need to fix it quick. So here's the narrative in a, in a man's head and, and uh, present company included too. We all do this to varying degrees. Okay, uh-oh, she's mad at me. I think she's blaming me for being, getting, being mad. But she's got some of her facts wrong. And so if I just go and correct those facts, she'll stop being mad at me. So here I go. Wait, well, baby, wait. You know, like, no, this, that, and the other. And so it's a lot about correcting facts because we think that'll have you guys stop being upset. And what we don't realize is you're more often than not probably giving us an emotional expression and we're meeting that emotional expression with information. Yeah. And that's a mismatch. That's a mismatch. You can never address emotion with information. I mean, for the most part, never is a big word, but in 99% of the cases, you cannot address an emotional expression with, with information. And that's the problem. So we just want to fix the situation. And we think at that informational level we can, and that is defensiveness. Yes. That's defensive in that's- nutshell. Oh my gosh, I love the way you explain that. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so now I'm going to now I'm going to explain what we hear or why it's hard for us to deal with that. And then you can then say, okay, what should men do instead? Is that good? Mm-hmm. Okay. It is it is good. Okay, so what women hear or not so much what they hear, but what they feel because <laughs> it's always about that, right? Um when when a man or a husband or a boyfriend or what have you doesn't own something that's that's how we see it when you're being defensive in our opinion you're not owning something we need you to own and it feels like that's being done to sort of save face rather than be strong enough and big enough to just admit it so and and that's where the disconnect comes because what if they don't agree? Of course, you could say what if what if the guy doesn't agree with what she's saying? Of course, he shouldn't admit to something he doesn't agree to. That's true. I would not suggest that. But there's the rub. But there's yeah, there's the rub because if it is true, he can also get very irritated by by wanting to admit it. And and if you and I think sometimes men think that if they admit it, it makes them look weak to the woman. It is just the opposite. 
-hmm. It is the complete opposite to a woman. Owning your shit, for lack of a better way of putting it, is is sexy. It's strong. It's empowering. Like to us, it's going to draw me toward you as a woman, not away. And I don't know that men understand that. So the remedy for this would be what, GS? Okay, so there's two to tango. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb and and say what I, the men want from the women, and then I'm going to spend most of my time talking about what the men can do. Okay. Um, one of the challenges for us as men is uh, you guys can express your pain, but sometimes it can get intermixed with uh, blaming and shaming. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable. It's an emotional situation. And that's where it, it really contaminates the expression of your heart. Um, from a guy's standpoint, if we could tap our magic wand, um, we would get just the pure expression of your pain without the blaming and shaming. Mm-hmm. And what, what you find, I think this would be a surprise to the women, is absent any kind of blame or shame, um, men are intrinsically motivated to want to remedy your pain, you know, like we, we will, but the problem is our egos aren't strong enough to handle maybe a little bit of the messier parts, which is totally human. Yeah. Uh, I mean on the, it's, it's totally human that there's some messiness in the expression, but I think that's where we get tripped up. So absent a perfect world where we're getting this clean expression of our feminine partner's heart, what can the men do? So Number one, this is where it it goes into part of the blueprint from the book, is men really have to uh, enter into a uh, long-term practice of settling their nervous system. And this is the respond versus react Mm. from the book, where uh, I write about getting in touch with certain emotions and being more adept with them. I I write about a long-term embodiment practice, which is super important for men. Because you have to really start to settle down at that nervous system level so that when you're upset, I'm just more calm. And I can say over my journey of 10, 12 years, I am way more robust in terms of a feminine partner's intensity than I was back then. And I attribute that a lot to the embodiment practice that I do. So number one, we just have to learn how to become naturally more settled so that we're less reactive. Um, The second thing that I really recommend men do is you respond in one of two ways. If you if you understand what she's saying, um, without taking it upon yourself, learn to respond with empathy, which is just basically just validating how she feels. You don't have you don't have to take it on. So I talk a lot about empathy as really far and away the number one thing that you can do for your feminine part. It's going to bring her down really quickly if she thinks you get you. But there's also that um, that case where you just you flat out don't agree with her, and to give empathy would actually be fake. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to do that. Um, you know, sometimes you can fake it, and and if you can really do it, it, it actually might help. But where I go is if I really don't agree and I'm confused why she's upset, I go to curiosity. Simply ask, start to ask questions. Be like, babe, you know what? Actually, I don't. I don't totally understand your upset right now, so I actually want to understand it. Are you saying that this, or yeah, could you explain good. more? Just any, any form of curiosity, so you're not you're not having to fake empathy. So those yeah, are the two. Yeah, that's good. Of, that's that really really, really good. Yes, and, and just in case that's in, in case the first part of that sounded a little new agey for anybody, I just want to point out that all he's really saying about your energy and your emotions is 
getting in control of feeling, you know how when you have that rush, when everything's, first everything's fine, and then you're getting sort of in a fight, and you literally can feel your body tense and tighten up, and you're going to this other place, I guess physiologically, and you need to be aware of what's happening within you so that you can then calm it down before you respond. It's not really... It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. It's just instead of going on the attack mode right away, taking a deep breath and taking stock of what's happening inside your body because you're getting anxious, essentially. I mean, that's what it is, which is normal. So is she. But I love that. I Just between that and then asking the questions is, is awesome. I love it. That's great. Yeah, and um, I'll make two comments. The the What you just talked about, the, the sort of getting control of your emotions. Um you know, for your male listeners, I just want to say it's not a mental exercise, guys, where you have to kind of like catch yourself and force yourself to be calm. What I'm speaking to is an embodiment practice, which you can read about in the book, that it'll just naturally happen. Yeah. It's it's occurring below your thoughts down at the nervous system level. And you don't have to f- sort of catch yourself or force yourself to do anything. If you're diligent about your practice, it'll it, you'll just be that way naturally over time. Just like if you go to the gym every day, you'll get stronger. Awesome. Um, and the other thing I'll say, Suzanne, is is there's other techniques too, and I think humor is one that that men forget a lot. Um, you know, I use, I use humor. To, it's so great. Yes, it's yeah, huge mean, in our in my marriage. It's so helpful. I can't. I mean, I can't say yeah. enough about humor. If yeah, you're married to somebody it, who it, has no humor, you're kind of in trouble. <laughs> you have to find uh, your. You have yeah. to find a way to be to be lighter and 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 and. Yeah, fortunately, my husband. That's something he has in spades. I'm kind of a serious person, so he. He can he, <laughs> he, lightens, he, he lightens me considerably. Yes. So a couple of these other things that were in that list kind of go hand in hand with with what we're talking about with defensiveness. One is denying denying that he's feeling angry or scared or mm-hmm. being afraid to speak the truth. I think mm-hmm. that goes very much hand in hand with what we're talking about based on that need that men have to be you know they it's this idea that to be strong and competent I can never be weak or show weakness. And it's complicated because it's true that women don't respond to weak men. So Mm. you, in fact, the opposite happens because they need you to be strong, but it doesn't mean you can never have, that doesn't mean you can never be vulnerable because vulnerability isn't weakness. So maybe we should speak to that. Yeah. um, You know, there is, I, I hate to overuse the term, but there is a masculine way to be in your vulnerability. And then there's, there is a, a non-masculine way. And I think, I think the non-masculine way is when you are, you're, you're not in, you're not necessarily in touch with your pain or your hurt or the shame that you're feeling. And then it, it squirts out and usually you cover it up with anger. Yeah. Really generally what happens. Yeah. And that feels like that feels horrible to a feminine partner when you are just leaking out anger whether whether it's explicit or implicit, and, and the facial expression on you. I know. I wish people. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody, that, that that my podcast has not graduated to a video yet. I know you all have asked me about that, but we're not there yet. So I wish you could see our our faces. But yeah, the anger is such a big deal. There's so much anger. I think there's just a lot of anger in general within men today, and it's understandable, but it is it has got to be fixed, got to be put in check, kept in check, because when a man is angry around a woman, she feels unmoored, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
the angry you are, the worse you're going to make the relationship because she needs you to be that calm, steady presence. So you mm-hmm. look like someone she can't depend on when you're right. in that moment. And that's what gets everybody. So that's what makes them all. That's what makes both of them go in to different directions. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm imagining that when we're angry, we're, the connection is, is severed. In, at least in that moment. Yeah, oh, like yeah. You, you can't feel us there. Nope. And I think that's the number one thing that drives women batty is when they can't feel the connection with their with their partner. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, yeah, and our anger will choke that off. You know, so when when we're feeling hurt or shame, you know, some of these really vulnerable emotions and we cover it up with anger, then it has the effect that you, you just said. And that's a really unhealthy uh, way to be angry. Or the other way that we do it is we just, we're just kind of like sobbing wimp. And I don't mean that crying is bad. I just mean there's a way that we kind of drip our hurt onto you guys and we need something from you. So it comes out in a very needy way um, that, um, that isn't very, it doesn't feel very grounded to their feminine partner. And so for me, what I coach in the book is, um, well, number one, getting in touch with your shame. Like shame is really the core of most mm-hmm. of these feelings. So you've got to get in touch with that. Can you give and, this, let's stop, let me stop you there for a minute because I know what you mean by that, but I want it to be really clear. Define shame. What kinds of things are shame, would make a man feel shameful? He doesn't make enough money. Okay. He's not a good enough lover. Okay. He's not, not as interesting or smart as, you know, the neighbor. Okay. Um, and she sees how friendly, uh, he sees how friendly she is with that neighbor. And then mm. he's going to a shame response. And, um, uh, in the book, there's a, there's an example of a, of a woman, uh, well, I knew the man, but the, the woman was made a quip about their house was too small and they didn't have a big oh, yeah. laundry room. And, and she's just like, I just need a bigger laundry room. That's all that's going through her head. Yeah. But he hears it that, Oh, I'm not, I didn't provide, provide that for her. Providing yeah. enough for her. And it's, so he's already got some pre-existing shame and then now he can't even hear her because now he's just translating everything through the filter of his shame. And, um, you know, his ability to say, um, wow, ouch, I actually, when, when you said that, I, I, it felt like you were saying that I, I'm not making enough money or providing enough for us to provide a bigger house. And it's that simple. And so I did that, I did that in two sentences and he doesn't go on and on and get upset and and blah 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 blah. He just says, "Ouch, you know what I, I would. This is what I was hearing when you said that." And this is what I coach them: just boil it down to two sentences. Yeah. Share your pain and just and then stop. Yes. And pause and That's that so- and don't need anything from her. You know, like I'm going to be fine whether you whether you say something to make me feel better or not. But if you do, that's great. Then I'll feel more connected to you. But I'm not like this needy, like, please tell me I'm okay. You know, it's not like that. You know, so much of this, GS, just to me, it just boils down to extreme confidence in who Mm. you are. Not cockiness, confidence, like so secure in who you are that you don't need um, approval, that you don't need acceptance that you don't need to measure up that you don't, you know, it's that, I mean, this is, you're talking about something that I think for many people, this is men and women, but you know, you're talking about a years long process for people to really come to terms with this. You know, it's, it's a big deal. It's, it is. And so uh, because you brought up the C word confidence, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
I is it I, is it okay if I take it a level deeper because I think that's where you you have to go yeah. one level deeper to help your male listeners understand. Okay. So confidence is one thing, and but to to tell a man you got to be more confident, it doesn't give him the tools to actually go to that next step. He's just okay. like, okay, how do I do that shit? Okay. <laughs> you know, confidence is um, it's tied to something deeper that I talk about in the books called sense of threat. So. Pretty much all non-masculine behaviors in my book are tied to a man going into a state of threat. And it's it's something where you uh, something challenges your self-image or anything like this, like the woman with the, the laundry room size. So it's challenging his self-image of who he is as a provider. And so it is the chain of logic in the head is, oh, she thinks I don't make enough money. Oh, she'll be less attracted to me. Oh, she's going to leave me. And pretty much it, it often all goes down to, I'm going to lose love. I'm going to lose companionship. I'm going to lose security, you know, loss, some sense of loss. And then the body goes into fight or flight at that point. And that's what this state of threat that I'm talking about is just that it's that fight or flight response where you immediately get a little bit jacked up or a lot jacked up, just depending. And then we operate out of that place. And that's where our non-masculine behaviors come. And that's where we don't have confidence because we're so scared in that moment. Okay, now let's let me pause right when you right when people are thinking about that. And I'm going to read this list again, of what yeah. those qualities are, then yeah. when they're in that moment. Okay, yes, yes, nervously fidgets or taps his hands or feet, talks too much to fill awkward silences, tries to initiate sex indirectly rather than directly, compulsively tries to please others, slouches while standing or sitting, moves and speaks rapidly, Offers non sequiturs in conversation. Has poor eye contact. Those would be then, correct me if I'm wrong, examples yes. of the man in that moment feeling the way you just described. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually map that directly. I forget what page it's on, but I, I map this directly of how the sense of threat plays into each of those behaviors. So they, we, we, you see what is yeah. underneath those behaviors. <clears throat> Yes, Suzanne, you hit it on the head. That is exactly it. Sense of threat is in underneath all of those. So then if you, if you go back to the very beginning of the conversation when you said a man walks into the room, right? And we're going to talk in a minute about what a man who's grounded in his masculine core looks like. So we're going to juxtapose these qualities mm -hmm. that I just described with ultimately what you presumably want, want to be more like. The, that's what you mean when the, when the man walks in. If you take two men who walk in, to a room, one who's exhibiting what we just described, and another who's firmly grounded in their masculine core, where do you think a woman's eyes is going to gravitate <laughs> toward 100% of the time? Yeah. Can you explain why? I mean, why? I mean, seriously, 100% of the time, no matter what, all these different personalities in women that there are, they're going to naturally gravitate yeah. toward the tall, well, we haven't listed those yet, so... Toward the other man who isn't doing these things. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I want to add to that, the, the guy who's, who's exhibiting non-masculine behaviors, he could actually be taller and better looking at, at, than the other guy as they walk in the room. And they're still, well, you know, some more, sh the shallow ones may still go to the taller, better looking, but let's say there's not a massive disparity between yeah. them. Um, but you know, one's a little bit taller and better looking, but they're still going to gravitate to the other guy if they're a woman of substance. I'm so glad you brought that up, GS, because one of the things that you say in your book that I just zoned in on and thought was just huge 
that I want men to know is this. How you look, how much money you earn, and what you accomplish at work doesn't matter nearly as much as the degree to which you live from your masculine core, which is what you basically said. You go back to the image of those two men walking through the door. The one, it's not the one who's got the nicest suit on necessarily, or as you say, to the substantive woman, it's not. It's how he's carrying himself when he walked in. That's it. Yeah. Not what he's totally. got on his body. In fact, you could put a, you know, now you're getting a little personal here, but I'd rather, I mean, I love, um, you know, give me a Texan man with a hat who's got his jeans on way <laughs> over the guy in the suit. My eyes are going to go there, you know? <laughs> so this gets a little um, yeah. specific, but um, but yeah. yeah. What, you, what you said is so true. And, and if if these, these women, these figurative women in this story that we're talking about spend an hour with both guys, then it, it would go from 98 of 100 to 100 and 100 because... <laughs> It's just it doesn't wear well. And I've met lots of men who were uh, physically imposing, but then when they started talking, it was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why what you said is so key. It, it, yeah. it really isn't what you necessarily look like or, or anything. It's, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Oh you, my can, gosh. You, can, you can raise your, your level of uh, which league, you know, quote, unquote, league you're in simply through doing this work. And I, look, I can speak to it myself. The quality of women that I'm attracting uh, is very different than it was, uh, you know, 20 years ago before I before I was married and before I then subsequently started this work, and it it pays off, guys. It it creates a way better way to be in this world for you. The flip side is also true. Like for, I'll just speak to your female listeners. You know, give me a beauty queen with all the right curves, and then give me. Um, you know, somebody who's just not a beauty queen with all the right curves, but she's number one radiant and number two, she's in her heart. I guarantee you 100 out of 100 times what I would choose. <laughs> I, I, I just exactly. experienced it enough that uh, it's just true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bingo. So now that we've set that up, let's go ahead and list those qualities then of a man who is firmly grounded in his masculine core. And remember, even even a short man, right? That's I know that's a big thing for guys. They want to be tall, right? And let's let's be honest. Women do prefer a man who's taller than they are. It's just yep. human nature. But even a short man or a not as good looking man can offset those quote unquote flaws, if you want to call them that, with these other things. That's how significant yes. these other things are. Yes. I just and want to set actually, that up. Yeah. But let's use something you said. So why does a woman prefer a man who's tall? I think, you know, that's yes. the question that comes up and it's and here's me as a man, you know, trying to to say why, but I I think it's true. There's a certain sense of safety that creates in the woman, and, and let's face it, most women grow up with a father who's going to be taller than them because they're a kid, and it it sort of recreates that childhood sense of safety with a I mean, was larger than you. And guess what, guys? This way of being that we're talking about that also can create that same sense of safety in you. Or sorry, in her. <laughs> and so you don't need to have the height to create that. That's just a cheap proxy, quite frankly. I mean, you just you you won the lottery of the DNA when yeah. you're tall and, and induce that state in your woman. Well, guess what? What if any man of any height could induce that state in their woman? Well, they can, and that's what we're talking about here. Bingo. Okay. So here is GS's list, or partial list. I won't read them all because it's long. Um of a man who is grounded in his masculine core, the kind of qualities that women do warm to 
and that will cause her to soften. And when we're done with this, I want to talk about why that is, GS, what, mm-hmm. what we mean by softening her. Takes charge, speaks confidently, moves deliberately, has a strong presence, stands with a grounded, natural posture, seems unswayed by others, has clear boundaries, states what he wants, holds a steady gaze, speaks the truth, has purpose, acknowledges his emotions, seems fearless, leads his woman in sexuality, and is heard when he speaks. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's really good. good. That's good. It's good. Now, I want you to explain, um, or I can if you want, why those things will bring out the feminine in your woman and why and or wife and why it's beneficial for you if you are lacking in these areas to get strong in these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes down to a single word, safety. It's safety. You know, all of these behaviors create a sense of safety. I'll just open the book myself and, and look at the list. And okay. um, when you, you know, I'm just reading off the list. When you take charge of a situation, which means you bring in some clarity and decisiveness, she feels like you've got it handled. So she doesn't have to, you know, quote unquote, handle it, whatever it is, whatever the situation is. She feels safe enough to just relax back and relax into your direction. So that's safety. Um, Someone who has clear boundaries. She knows where she stands with you. She may not like those boundaries. She'll probably complain about those boundaries at first. But at some point, as she becomes to accept that those are, in fact, your boundaries, it makes her feel safer because she knows where she stands. Um, When you speak your truth, it's the same thing. She knows uh, who you are and what you stand for and how you feel because she knows that you'll speak your truth and not hold back. But when she senses that you're holding something important Mm -hmm. back, like she's going to go on. I can vouch for that. Yeah, you I mean, you can speak to this. Any woman knows this, you know. It's yeah. just like, oh, now I'm on edge because I don't know what's what, going on over yeah. there. Um, so it acknowledges his emotions, I think, falls into that same category. And um, so, yeah, the, all of those things create a sense of safety in your woman. And guys, listen to me. <laughs> if your woman is irritable, if she's nagging you, if she's criticizing you, if she's not feeling very sexual with you on an ongoing basis, it's probably because she doesn't feel safe and she doesn't trust you in a certain way. And 99 times out of 100, that's going to be it. In, in my Now, maybe not 99, but there's always mm-hmm. more worldly circumstances. But in most cases, that's going to be the case. And, um, and rather than... Biological. <clears throat> it's biological. That's right. Here, here. And rather than get angry or go into blame mode and i say the same thing to women when they're acting too much in their masculine and not enough in their feminine which is what will draw the man to them Mm -hmm. rather than blame your guy just focus on yourself and being that strong feminine creature and you will naturally he will naturally go in the direction that you're that you're missing that you're wanting from him so it goes both ways so Mm -hmm. rather than blame the woman or getting angry that she's getting upset you immediately look inward and in fact, you could even use this list. Seriously. You could look at this list in the book and say, gosh, am I doing too much of this? And then nine out of 10 times you will see what you were doing. That's causing her to react that way. And Mm -hmm. then if you do the other list, you're going to get a completely different reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really that 
easy. I hate to say it, make it sound so easy because I know from experience that this is a long practiced um, dynamic that isn't going to happen overnight. You know, especially if it's new to you Um, and going back to the beginning, if you never had a father who modeled what it means to be masculine, that's, you know, you're talking about undoing years of, of learned behavior really, you know, or just no behavior, like nothing. You're just shooting, shooting blanks. Yeah. Then so, let's re- reconcile because we said it was easy and it takes a long time. And but those two aren't mutually exclusive. What I think what's the easy part in using the list in other parts of the book is I is sort of identifying times when you're not in your masculine behavior. It's identifying behaviors that are causing your your partner to feel unsafe and therefore close. But the hard part is actually changing what's inside you so those behaviors don't come out. You can't force, you can't notice the behaviors and then just, you know, tell yourself you'll stop doing them. Yes, that's right, sort of, exactly. That's sort of a mental path. It's yeah. the, the real path that I talk about is, is underneath and how do you address a sense of threat, anxiety, you know, how do you use embodiment practices, how do you get in touch with your emotions that are underneath. So the, the easy part, I think, is using the book to diagnose. The longer term part, as you said, Suzanne, is, um, is doing the inner work over a number of years. And yeah. It takes Absolutely. a while, but it pays off. It pays off. And to know that, and remember, I titled this um, this episode, How to Love and Lead Your Wife. And of course, that can apply to a girlfriend as well. And the mm-hmm. thing to know and to keep in your mind is that when you do, you know, if you're frustrated and you think this is never going to work or it just takes too long or whatever, when you change, as you point out, she will change. So yeah. if you are desperately sitting there wanting, like the people who wanted the people who got in touch with me and said, how can I get my wife to read your book? (laughs) No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Um, Instead of being sitting there being frustrated, having no power, this is power. This is saying focus inward. And then she really will change as a result. Yeah. It's funny how many relationship problems disappear when the man simply embodies this work. They just organically disappear. You don't even have to talk about it with her. You know? Yeah. No. Right. Suddenly things got better. How'd that happen? And she doesn't even notice. She just is loving you up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, this is exactly what I told women in the Alpha book about them <laughs> being a wife. Exactly. Like, you don't have to tell them. Just start doing it. It'll happen. So oh, I'm going to yeah. end with two statements from your book to kind of sum it up. Mm-hmm. That has to do with what we were just saying about him changing and then she'll change. When you learn to ground yourself in your natural masculine core, something amazing happens. Her behavior starts to change. The playful, accepting, sexual woman you met long ago returns. And I think that's such an important point because one of the things that I work with with people when we're talking about this dynamic that makes it really easy for them to immediately get in their minds what we're talking about is I ask them, can you just go back for me to when you first met and you were dating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me what you did to try and quote unquote get her right? You're wooing her. You're wooing her. What kinds of behaviors made it happen? And nine out of 10 times, somehow the guys, even the ones who are struggling to be really strong in their masculine core, either, either adopted other people's behaviors to kind of see what, what works, or they somehow went into reserves to figure out what works. But more often than not, they're like, yeah, I naturally was the leader. I was the one who called her. I'm the one who took her out. I paid for the dinner. I asked her to marry me. I mean, all these 
all these actions that put yeah. him in a leadership position naturally. And then somewhere along the line, after X amount of years, that dynamic shifted. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, the kind of behaviors you talked about a man exhibiting in the beginning fall into the second part of the blueprint in the book, which is uh, provide structure. They did a lot of providing structure and that felt good. And they weren't far enough into the relationship for him to get really triggered. So his, his maybe inability to respond versus react didn't show as much. Yeah. But then as you get, as you go into the relationship and you get emotional entanglements and, and you get deeper issues between you, most men usually collapse because they're so reactive. And so they, they lose the first part of the blueprint, which, which then kills yeah. the second part, which was provide structure. So they stop doing those things. They start to retreat in the relationship and then it all falls apart. <laughs> well, and that's what I love about your book is the blueprint concept is great. It's just, yeah. it really speaks to men. Just very, very, very male-like, not self-helpy kind of book, but just in, in a way that a man can relate to. I love the blueprint concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it, and it it comes out of my personal experience. Uh, you know, yeah. every part of it. It's there's nothing theoretical in there at all, and and uh, it's all personal. No, I love it. Um, and then finally, just to close, just as a reminder, one other comment. I mean, one other quote from your book: "Your wife needs you to consistently follow through on your word, have purpose in life, remain grounded in the face of her intense emotion, make her feel safe, and provide leadership." That is ultimately what pretty much all women, regardless of their personality, because this is about biology, it's not about personality. That's what they ultimately want and need from their guy. And the less he's providing that, the more she starts to act funny, to put it, to, to put it in you know, simple terms. They, when you start to see that, those, those reactions from her that don't feel the way that they did at the beginning, it's almost always a reaction to your not- doing one of those things because the stronger you are in these areas the more as you said that playful happy smiley gal is going to all of a sudden emerge yep yeah it really funny. does work it really yeah. does work doesn't it yes it's, it's like magic it, it, it's and, like magic yeah the guys that i coach it, it's they come back to me and just like wow it's just totally working <laughs> and that's good because all the guys want it just tell me what to do i'll do it you know they i mean Pretty the simpler much. you can make it, you know. Yeah, um, and that's why I would encourage all guys to get some coaching, whether it's for me or, or mm -hmm. there's plenty of other mm -hmm. good coaches out there. Um, you know, Suzanne, you work with a lot of men. You know, get a men, get a coach and spend some time and money on this. Spend it on yourself. Invest in yourself. Absolutely. It's honestly the best thing you can you can ever do. Your whole life will change. As a result. Well, your relationship will first and foremost, and then your life does as a result of that. Because if your relationship is bad, forget about it, right? I mean, everything in your life falls apart. Exactly. Yeah. And things can be different, guys. Things can change. And it's pretty fun to go through the world when you've, when you've done this work. It is. Uh, it makes things awesome. every, everything better. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for coming in. This is great, GS. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. I always enjoy talking with you, Suzanne. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to tune in next week when my assistant, Kelsey, who also happens to be a music industry veteran and proud non-woke millennial, thank God, joins me in the studio to discuss how music has changed over the decades in its depiction of men, women, love, and sex. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook where we've set up a private group that you can join. Just type in The Suzanne Venker Show in the Facebook search bar and you'll find it. And if you have a question or comment for me, go to Suzanne at the Suzanne Banker Show .com. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.